0: great to be here with you guys and again celebrate with you guys if it is your first time please understand i am not the pastor <laughs> so don't judge it off this time i invite you to come back next week where our senior pastor will be here um so please understand that uh life is not a sitcom yes that is the series that we are in uh but that is not what we are going through today uh Pastor Carl asked me to do a, a alone message that stand on its own, um, so I will go ahead and um, in my time of prayer and, and, and discussion with God and just trying to hear from him, um, I believe we have a word here, uh, a sermon for you guys here today, um, and if anything, if just an encourage or to help uplift some spirits, uh, and maybe, um, and I pray that the conviction uh, upon uh, his word as well upon all of us. Um, so I know last week we uh, we will be talking about um, today we will be talking about uh, the need for a shepherd and who the shepherd is and what's the importance of a shepherd. Um, again, last week was was a cool little clip of Seinfeld where they're in a garage looking for their car, um, and I just that just reminds me of uh, you know sheep you know. Um, Just wandering and going everywhere and just being uh, lost until the shepherd comes to gather them together and direct them. Uh, So our our text will be found in Psalms 23. Uh, We will be doing only four verses, uh, one through four. I know there's only six. Why couldn't you just do the rest of the two? I don't know. I don't know. It was God, so I'm just like, I'm just trying to be obedient to what God said. Maybe I don't know how to read the last two, so I don't know. So... Um, just praise God for uh, we will be going through one through four. Uh, and don't, don't take this the wrong way, um, as I'm about to say. Uh, but as the, the Bible refers to us as, as sheep, yes? Yes, okay. And he is our shepherd, yes? Yes. So um, people refer to sheep as the dumbest animals, um, so, it's not me, I'm not calling myself, I'm not calling myself dumb, but I'm, in the eye of the view that we're trying to take today, um, understand that we are the sheep and that he is our shepherd. Um, again, not calling you dumb at all, um, I'm just saying that for, for this context of what we're going to dive into, uh, see yourself as the sheep, because we are his sheep in need of a shepherd who is found in the good shepherd of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So Psalms 23, uh, verses 1 through 4. And it reads like this, The Lord is my shepherd. There goes the Lord being our shepherd, which means we are sheep. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along the right paths bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Amen. That is uh, the writer here, is a famous poet or writer, uh, David. And I... And I don't know if you can grasp it uh, from, from this psalm, but if you go on and read other psalms, the ones that David has written, it's just such a, like a very authentic, like real, emotional writer. That's who David was. Like He put everything into his writings about God and about his life and his struggles and the things of the, that he suffered during, uh, in this world. And, and the way that David writes this, man, it, I don't know if you can feel it, but in my study time, man, I could just sense it in my spirit and just like, gosh, this dude, like he, he understands the need for a shepherd. He understands the need for Christ. And for God. And he understands that he couldn't do it on his own. Through the good and through the bad, that he needed the good shepherd. Amen? Amen. In Hebrew, it's it's Jehovah Romy. Uh, yeah, I don't know why I put that in there. You know, Pastor Carl does a great thing where he always tries to, where he translates things in Greek or Hebrew. So I try to be my impression of Pastor Carl. So, just so you guys know yeah shepherd means Jehovah Romanian okay cool let's move on um, I know for me um, I've taken a great chance of uh, gotten the great opportunity of being um, along with this with the family a flip side and, and being with this church for almost 2 years and um, Pastor Carl is a, is a great under shepherd to us um, he is being led by the shepherd uh, to 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 shepherd us as the under-shepherd of this congregation, of this church, uh, and of this community. Um, and I know for me, again, I understand, I can understand when when I'm being shepherd right and when I'm not. Um, and I know so, some of us can probably agree or disagree. Um, I've been in a lot of places of um, rather it be with work or um, sports and athletics or uh, you know, being at another church, I understand um, good shepherding, and I understand, you know, not so good shepherding. Um, so I know for me, I thank Pastor Carl enough, I don't thank him enough for allowing me to be here, um, even to even share this message with you guys, um, and, and how grateful I am that he, that our pastor gets, uh, that he hears from our our shepherd, um, and he leads us in that way through his vision and through his mission of the church as we support. We serve and, and support the community of, out here in the Madera Ranchos. I know for me, it's, it's again, it's kind of, it's it's crazy because I live in downtown Fresno, uh, considered the west side of Fresno, and, you know, we drive Sundays to come to church here, but it's because of the the good shepherding that we get here uh, under Pastor Carl is that why God has called us to be here. Um, so we go on again, and we, we're, we're learning about, the shepherd and the Lord is 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 my is my shepherd. It's a personal thing that David makes it. Uh, he's not the Lord is the shepherd. No, he's like the Lord is my shepherd. And I think for a lot of us, we need to understand this context because for a lot of us, rather we want to believe it or not, we believe that we are our own shepherd. Uh, we think that we're the ones that provide for our families, the ones that and and again in a sense of living in this world, yes. But the overall thick of schemes, no, you're not. You are not the good shepherd. There's only one good shepherd. And if we believe in God's sovereignty, then you would just understand that much that you are not the shepherd. And God is the shepherd. Uh, We go on. And if you can turn with me to John 10, verses 14 to 15. Because in the first part of that, it says that the Lord is my shepherd. He is all I need. Why is he all I need? It goes on in John 10, verses 14 and 15. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus talking about Jesus, right? This is him talking about himself. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, referring to us, and they know me, us referring to him. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, why is he the good shepherd? I sacrifice my life for my sheep, amen? Amen. His sacrifice is what makes him the good shepherd over our lives. So because I know we can get into this idea that maybe, well, I would have I died for my family. Or I would have I died for my kids. And although that may be true, that doesn't line up with what Jesus had to endure for you and I to have this opportunity to say yes to salvation to say yes to following Christ, to say yes to eternal life. See, as much as we want to believe that we can be, we can step in the place of being the good shepherd, it is not possible for you to do that. Jesus is the good shepherd because he paid the ultimate price for you and I to live this life. Now, whether you choose to live it for God or not, that's on your behalf. But Jesus died, and because of his death and his resurrection, he is the good shepherd. And in that second part of Psalms, he says, that is all I need. David is writing that the Lord is my shepherd, and that is all I need. Amen? He goes on and he, he talks about that the sheep know my name. Uh, I know their, I know my own sheep and they know my name and they know me. And some of us, we, 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 we give way to too many voices in our life. And then we put the name of God on them thinking that it's God. But then when we get into a bad place or certain situation, It's like, oh, well, I thought I heard from God. But we have yet to even give God that time for him to be the good shepherd in our life. We have yet to open up that space for God to direct us because we're too busy directing ourselves. We're too busy coming to God but having an agenda of what we want to accomplish. God, I know you're savior of the universe, but Man, I need this to happen by this date, like God, I know you're sovereign, and you control it, but i need to I need to control this part of my life. God, I need direction um but can you please direct me this way and in a sense, we make it seem as if God's not God, but yet. Uh, a stewardess on the plane or uh, a coach just trying to, hey, I need you to go down this path. Hey, I need you to run this playwright. Instead of understanding that God, he's God. Your suggestions and your worries and under the sovereignty of God, he will have done what needs to be done. For his sheep know his name. For his sheep knows his voice, and he knows you. That Jesus is the good shepherd. We go back to Psalms, or we'll, 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 we'll stay right here. We'll, we'll talk about the the parable of the last the lost sheep, and I know a lot of us know that parable. That Jesus will leave the ninety nine. To so go after that one, amen. Amen? Amen, because we were all that one once, right? Some of us are probably that one right now. Don't raise your hand, but we'll pray for you, okay? But how valuable is that? That our shepherd that has 99 others, but yet one will walk away, and he will pursue that one because that one knows his name. That shepherd knows that sheep and the sheep knows the shepherd's voice. Jesus being the good shepherd. Amen. We'll go back to Psalms 23. Now we're on verse two and three. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength, and he guides me along the right path, bringing honor to his name. How many of you guys are looking for some rest today? Right? I know for me, uh, this past weekend, uh, Friday night to be exact, uh, I coach high school football. Uh, not at Liberty, because if, man, if I was, I would have a lot of good rest. Um, they're like five and zero, oh. yeah. We're the opposite of that, okay? We are a winless team until Friday came, uh, and, and I don't know about you guys, but I, man, it's the athlete in me. But man, losses are so hard. And when you wake up on a Friday, you know, and everybody's like, "Ah, oh, it's Friday. We got the weekend's here," and and yet you wake up on a Friday, you're like, "Oh, please, the Lord, let us win tonight." It could take a toll on you. And that's how it's been the last four weekends, the last four Fridays. Till this Friday, my team went out there, and we got to win. And praise God. All right? And I'm just like, man, like, and all of a sudden, everything was restful in me. It's like, ah, oh, like, even my physical rest was like, good. I was like, cool. Got some in and out. That's something, that's like a tradition, uh, me, and my, me and my wife and my son, and my niece, who was with us uh, all the time, she's now in college. That's just something we would do. But at first, it started off like, if we win, we go to In-N-Out. If we lose, we go to McDonald's. Well, we got tired of McDonald's. So we made a, th- we made a deal. It's like, all right, win or lose, can we just please go to In-N-Out? So went and got some burgers at In-N-Out. Uh, and I stayed up till like 2. And my wife's like, are you coming to sleep? I was like, nah, man. I'm just, I feel rested. She's like, you know, we got to be up early in the morning. I said, man, I'm good though. Man, I got to win. I feel rested. So in the physical, I felt rested. But how many of us know, you may be looking for physical rest, but I'm right now here talking about with you guys, and David is saying that my soul needs rest. Like my soul, my whole being. Mentally, physically, emotionally. That is the rest that David is talking about. He talks about it more down in Psalm 62, verses 1. It's the NIV version. And I love the way he says it. Just truly my soul finds rest in God. My salvation comes from him. What is David resting in? Oh, Salvation from God. Truly my soul finds rest in God, my salvation comes from him. So his soul is resting on the promise that on his salvation and his faith that in this life many troubles will come. But in the world, but in the end, I will spend eternity with my father. His peace and his rest that he's finding it. He's finding it in his salvation. Amen. Another version of of the Bible, the ESV version says, for God alone my soul waits in silence. The depth of the writing. I don't know about you, I'm a very emotional dude. Probably because I've been through some stuff. I think we've all been through some stuff. We all will go through stuff. I remember growing up, they were like, man, you wear your heart on your sleeve. I was like, man, that's not a good thing. (laughs) That guy gets me in a lot of trouble. But I get very entwined in these readings and the way that David writes it and how much life it brings to me visually. Like for God... Alone, my soul waits in silence. How many of us have spent time just waiting on God? In silence. Not with your agenda, not with your your schedule of one through ten, but just waiting on God and spending that time in silence for God to do on his behalf what he's going to do. Church, the encouragement today is, in this part, for those that are looking for rest, may you not just rest, may you find your rest, yes, physically, but even deeper than that, may you find rest for your soul. And what does rest look like? It's in the presence of God. That's in the, the knowing of your salvation. That's in believing in God's sovereignty. That's in spending more than five minutes just in the silence or even praying with God. It's it's mind-blowing to believe that us as Christ followers, not even those that don't, there's people, non-believers pray. So it ain't like we're doing anything different. They just don't know who they're praying to yet. But for us as Christ followers and those that said yes to Jesus being Lord and Savior of our life, we pray to the God Almighty, but we don't really pray. God, please bless us throughout this day. Amen. Like if that's enough. And we give them that little increment of our day, and we expect that to last forever. When you can't even have a conversation with the Lord and the Savior over your life, when you don't even spend time to spend, quality time with God the Father Well, my schedule's too busy. Well, when that trial and that tribulation comes and that struggle comes, go ahead and tell God how busy your schedule was. Don't come crying now because you already know who holds control. As Pastor Carl taught months ago in our sovereignty uh, series, God is sovereign. So if you know that, then why don't you spend that time with the one who knows the outcome? Why do you spend time, so much time worrying about things? Why do you spend so much time in disarray or in despair, knowing that if you would just give that time over to God, spend time in his presence, your soul will find the rest that it's been looking for. Amen? The second part of that, he talks about, he leads me down peaceful streams. If you can turn to Philippians 4, 7, and we'll find out some peace that David was talking about. Paul writes in Philippians, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace that you've been looking for, those peaceful streams that you've been waiting for, you have no hold on the magnitude of that understanding. Paul writes that the peace of God surpasses all understanding. You could be the greatest theologian, you still won't understand <clears throat> the fullness of God's peace on your life. wasn't meant for you to understand. It was only meant for you to trust and believe in. It wasn't meant for me to figure it out. But that's us. That's humans. That's us as flesh. We want to know the in and out of things. We want to know what's going to happen between this time and this time. And because of that, our minds get distracted and we, we just get to too many different places because we have yet to find the peace. That peace that we're looking for is not so that we can understand, but it's just so that we can lean more into God and to understand that the peace that he has for us, we will never fully grasp because he is who he says he is. And we have to believe as Christ followers in the sovereignty of that. You have to believe that the good shepherd has that peace for you. It's not found in your fleshly ideas. It's not found in our fleshly wants or our fleshly needs. It's only found in Christ and Christ alone. Peace, I don't know about you, but I've been waiting on some peace. There have been attacks, uh, spiritual attacks, Warfare attacks on me and my family, and I'm just looking for some peace. My soul needs rest, and I need peace. Church, I hope we can be transparent enough to to be open to what God is trying to speak here today. Rather be the rest or the peace or you just understanding that God is the good shepherd. May we understand that he is who he says he is. And because we said yes to living our life for him, he is sovereign over all. He is the good shepherd. Amen. The the idea that, that the peace surpasses all understanding, right before that, Paul writes, do not be anxious, but yet pray about everything. Right before that, Paul writes, pray about everything. So that peace that you're looking for, again, is found in that quiet time and that alone time with Jesus himself. Allow Jesus to have space in your life. Do not give him a time limit. Well, I got to go to this next meeting. I got to get this job done. But have you spent time with the Lord and Savior over your life? Oh, my family needs this. My my kids need this. Have you spent time with the Lord over your life? I had this conversation. I, I go to school campuses and. Um, I get the opportunity to to preach gospel on class, uh, on school campuses. Um, obviously, bring pizza as well. Kids just love pizza, you know. And you always get those ones. You know, I'm a big guy, so you always get the ones that try to be funny. Dang, is that all for you? I say, yeah. Don't come to club. I'll eat it all. I got no problem. But I get into this club, and we're having discussion, and and I'm just sitting back, I'm eating a pizza, and I'm, I hear these conversations at various tables, and I hear this young lady say, well, I'll turn my back on God because he turned his back on me. I said, cool, pause. I gonna remember that. And we keep going for about another two minutes, and then I go ahead and I'm like, okay, hey, you said you turned your back on God because God turned his back on you. What did you mean? This guy lady is like, oh, you heard that? I was like, man, you see these ears? <laughs> they hear everything. They hear everything. And she's like, <laughs> okay, um, well, and I was like, okay, I'll give her the floor, let her talk. She's like, well, when I was going through a, a bad time in my life, and, and everybody's like, oh, you need comfort, you need, you need to find this, you need to, you need to go to God. He, they were telling me how good God is and that God will, will, will rescue me for this situation and God was going to do this and that. Well, I tried God for four years. He didn't work. So I turned my back on him. I said, cool. In, in your eyes, it's the wrong God. Whoever that Christian friend of yours shared the wrong God. And we're in a space of of you know non-believers, okay? So I couldn't give a, a theology background, I couldn't give a, a a depth Bible study right then and there. But I looked at her and I said, Okay, well let's 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 hang on that concept for a reason for one 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 quick second. So you mean to tell me God didn't work because he didn't do what you wanted him to do? You mean God didn't didn't come through on your terms and because you wanted to treat him like he was a genie? did you? Inf- so you think God didn't work because you feel entitled to you not being in that situation that you're in? And I tried my best not to, to make it a thing in the room. Because for one, you can hear the hurt in her voice as she was speaking. And I wasn't going to do that in front of her. But I did hurt need her to know that God is who he says he is. And what people say about him doesn't change the fact that God is still sovereign. Doesn't change the fact that God is still love. Doesn't change the fact that God is still in control. So I had to share this with this young lady. I was like, okay, so because G- Jesus didn't act on your behalf because you wanted this, this, and this done, and I and I get you, I understand the, the the struggle you're going through is is tough. Not going to downplay it, I understand, but I, I I will apologize on behalf of that Christian because the Jesus that I serve is not is not a genie. I'm sorry you probably heard it the wrong way, but he's not. He's not here to tickle your ears. He's not here to just bless you with all the gifts that you want on Christmas, nor Santa, but Jesus is not here. For your own glory. Jesus is not here for your own good. (laughs) Jesus is here for his good through you. Jesus is here for his glory that he deserves from you. And we had this little conversation. I was like, all right, cool. Bam, ate some pizza, left. Two days later, teacher Uh, Texts me, she's like, oh my God, Pastor Sean, that girl came in, she was crying, we prayed over her, like, praise God for what he did, I said, amen, amen, because that little girl was looking for peace, but in all the wrong areas, she was trying to find peace in a storm, and the only peace that you find in a storm, if it ain't through Jesus, you'll never find it. She was looking for comfort in all the wrong areas. That's like some of us here today. Some of us are looking for comfort in all the wrong areas. Rather it be drugs or alcohol or addictions or, or relationships or whatever it is. We're looking for the answers in so many different ways but Jesus. And then we expect God to work on our behalf. But God didn't promise that in that way. He says, God, you will work out the good. You will work everything, all things out for my good. Not for self-gain. No, no, no. But for his gain through the goodness of him. We finish with the last verse of the Psalms and Psalms 23 verses four. The peace that you guys are looking for, that that I'm looking for, is to know that God is our good Shepherd. To know that God is God, He is who He is, He is who He says He is, and we can trust and believe in that. Psalms 23, verse 4. I don't know. Um, so I'm about like 33. How old am I? Yeah, 33. Oh, yeah, there I am 33. Jesus year. That's what I called it when I posted my Instagram photo. My Jesus year. But back in the days, there was a song. Um, some of you guys may be familiar with it. Uh, Though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, this dude named Coolio, right? And everybody thinks that's a, such a hot lyric. Yeah, he stole that from David. Okay, And here's proof. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, stiller I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and staff protect and comfort me. Some of you guys may be walking through a dark valley right now. Some of you guys may be in a very dark place right now. I don't know where it is. Maybe it'd be on a break of your marriage. Maybe it'd be, maybe it, it's your, your, your kids and the relationship with them. Maybe that's on, on its way out. Maybe some young people are getting tired of what your parents have to say. Maybe your parents, maybe some of you parents are have seen the cycle of your, 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 your children, young or old, and you see the cycle of it, and you've just been praying and praying and praying. It doesn't look like it's changing. So you're almost on the verge of giving up on them. I'm praying for them. Some of you guys, again, it may it may be the marriage. It may be like, well, I tried everything on my end. And your spouse says, well, I tried everything on my end. And there's too much friction, and you, you guys don't think it'll work out, and you, you, you know, you... You're praying, and you, again, it's not working in the, the way you thought it was going to work, and and things are happening, and maybe you're dealing with a loss here. Maybe maybe somebody has passed away, or maybe somebody's on their deathbed right now, and you know that you know that they're, they're not going to have that much time with you. Maybe the valley that you're in is is. in a very dark place of understanding like tough things such as suicide or depression or anxiety are are, are winning right now in your life. And you're giving way to it and there's there's too much space between that and God and, 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 and it's tugging at you. Some of you guys are just some of us here today are just so broken in our valley right now. And instead of trying to try to dig yourself out and, and, and spend time with God and knowing who believing in his word, we 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 fall into the idea that maybe these emotions can control the way I am. So we believe in Eliza, the, the enemy. We believe in him, and like, okay, yeah, your marriage was done, and you're on that break, you're on that break where you're just you're just gonna call it quits, or you're done praying for that son or that daughter of yours, or you're done of listening to your parents, or you're done of just living life every day. You're done of just breathing every day, and because the devil has a hold on it. Because you are in that dark valley, it it doesn't seem like there's any way out. But I tell you what, there is a good shepherd that we serve. There's a good shepherd that we serve. That we find hope in. Filled with grace. He's full with mercy. He's full with truth. See, David Wright says, he says, he says even in my darkest valley, I will not be afraid. Going back to showing that who's the good shepherd? Because your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. When he wrote this, uh, back in the days, rod meant, in the meaning of our shepherd, it talks about that meaning is power, authority, and love. When he writes about the staff, back in the days, the meaning of a shepherd's staff is to rescue and guide. So maybe just right now, you're just looking for peace. Maybe you're looking for rest. Maybe you're looking for restoration. Restoration. Maybe you're you're waiting in silence for God to be your rod and your staff. Maybe you're waiting for the good shepherd to be good and to believe in his goodness. But whatever you're going through and whatever we're here dealing with, church, I want to encourage you, and even though David went through a dark valley, and in this time he was writing about the darkest valley, he was not afraid because the Lord was his shepherd. Because the Lord is his shepherd. His power, his love, and authority, his rescue, and his guide pushes David on. So even in the dark valleys that we're going through right now, and I'll close with this. <clears throat> Me and my wife were, were spending time yesterday. I went to the coffee shop, studied a little bit more. Then I went back home uh, just to re-up some stuff on my sermon. And Just giving God that space in my life. Uh, there's a lot of distractions and a lot of things going on in my day. Uh, but I know that God needed that time because I can't do his word justice. Only he can. So we're sitting there, and and I get a text from uh, our neighbor down the street. Uh, We we live in a very, um, you know, uh, some of you guys may not know what kind of neighborhood. It's just a very uh, low-poverty, gang-related, drug-infested neighborhood in downtown Fresno, which is considered now the west side of Fresno. And we were there hanging out, watching, uh, some TV and, um, just talking about life and I think we we're going over my sermon and I get a text from the neighbor down the street. He's like, Hey, um, don't know if you saw this, but just wanted to let you know. And I open it up and it's, a, um, it's an article from ABC 30. Uh, one of the, a young lady last night or yesterday in the afternoon, uh, Her and her baby, who was born on September 3rd this month, uh, were shot and killed in their house. 17-year-old girl. And her baby was about two weeks old. That young girl used to always be with me and my wife on Saturdays. We we run this organization, uh, we partner with this organization to... Open up the neighborhood school in our in our area to give them a place of space, um, to give them a safe place to meet um, for two hours. We allow them to play sports and things like that. We feed them after, uh, and then we talk about Jesus and His goodness, and and we share this love and with these with these kids from these neighborhood. And it's such a a place that again everybody needs Jesus, but in this in in this thick of things, like it's it's hard. It's a hard battle because you're battling with so much. And this young lady, man, she had the brightest smile every Saturday morning. She would always call me coach. Hey, coach, son. I said, Another week. I said, said you're right, girl. She played basketball at her local high school, and she just had an amazing spirit. And just to find out last night about the tragedy that took place. You know, she did get pregnant young and uh, saw her about, last time I saw her was a few few months ago. Um, Spoke at her high school and she was there, oh, Coach Sean's here. Oh, man, it's going to be a good day. She was pregnant at the time, and and I know there's some difficulties with that and, you know, being young and pregnant. And she just gave birth on September 3rd, and, and just like that, her and her baby are, are no longer with us. So me and my wife are going to do a—we're um, going to reach out to her sister, um, her parents— Uh, and see how we can serve them in this time. But you know the beauty in in this tragedy is that I've seen this young lady give her life to Christ. So that is something that I can rejoice in. Through, Through the heartbreak of her being young and being lost and her life being taken in her own home, I can rejoice of me witnessing her giving her life to Christ. See, because as Paul writes, or as David writes, that I rest in God for he is my salvation. May everything that you're going through today May you find rest in knowing that God is who he is. Through the tragedy and the circumstance that you are dealing with right now, he's still the good shepherd. I'm not looking down on your situation. I'm not trying to to be this, this guy that's just saying these random words, but I'm trying to encourage you, church, that although life may not go the way that we planned or the way we want it to go. That is why we are sheep looking for a shepherd. And for those that have said yes to Christ, we know who the good shepherd is. Thank God I don't have to direct my life. Because my emotions change daily. huh? Hourly. Circumstantially. Thank God I don't have to direct my own life. Because if I did, I would leave me and my family straight to hell. Because of the goodness and the faithfulness and the death of the resurrection of Jesus, I know who my good shepherd is. And may we all understand and live in knowing that the good shepherd is fighting for us and he's leading us. And because of that, we can live within that freedom. Amen. Amen. Bow your heads with me. dear Heavenly Father. Lord, you are so good. Father God, I pray against any attacks of the enemy right now, Father God. I'd rather be on our marriages. Our relationships with children, our workplaces, our home lives. Wherever we feel that tension, Father God, may we not give in to what the enemy says. May we not give him the final say. But Father God, you are our good shepherd. Your power, your love, your authority rescues my soul. May it be so imprinted in your salvation, in our salvation through your death and resurrection, Jesus. May we get rid of this idea of thinking that we can direct ourselves in this world. May we get rid of this idea that we can lead ourselves to the right path. Father God, if you don't go before us, Father God, may we not go. If you are not alongside us, Father God, may we not go. And if you don't come behind us, may we not go. Father God, if you are not for us and going in these directions that we think we can go, may we not go. Lead us, love us, and may we feel overwhelmed with your love, with your truth, your mercy and your grace. May our lives reflect heaven. Not our emotions, not our ideas of what life should look like, but may our lives reflect you. Lord, thank you for being a good shepherd in our life. May we live this life to glorify you and you alone. For you are my salvation. And in that, I find peace and rest for my soul. And in you, I am not afraid to go through a valley. And in you, I know that you are my rod and my staff and that you, the good shepherd, protect me and comfort me. In your precious and holy and your matchless name, we all say, amen.